Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamps, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 263 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. Throughout this lockdown period, um, you know, I haven't done a show with Iaz for what seems like a long, long time. I think it's been about six to seven months. In that time, we've had a variety of people come in and um, fill his shoes, so to speak. Most notably, the former heavyweight world title challenger, Eddie Chambers. However, I've decided to give Eddie a week off this week, and we were... We, we, we bring back, um, or I should say she's brought herself back, really, a lady that used to appear on the podcast back in the day. It's been about two and a half years. It is my pleasure to welcome back Mariam. Mariam London. How are you doing, Mariam? It's been uh, it's great to have you back, first and foremost, and it's been a long, long time, like I say. Hi, Joey. Thanks for having me back. I'm really excited to be speaking to you today. <laughs> My pleasure. It's great to have you back on, like I say. And uh, yeah, some listeners that listen today probably won't remember you from back then. Some of the loyalist ones probably will. Um, You've got to go back to the early part of 2018 when Mariam was on the podcast last. So it is... This is monumental. Anyway, getting on to the <laughs> getting on to the review part of the show. Going to start here, then do the news. Um, we do at some point need to go back to doing the two guests per week type of shows, but it's been difficult through the lockdown period, as I'm sure our listeners will will understand. Anyway, starting here in Mexico, this one took place on Friday, last Friday, the 23rd of October. Um, Matram, Mexico, of course, at the Gymnasio TV Azteca, some kind of TV studio in Mexico City. A uh, couple fights to mention. We're going to start with the undercard. Ofer Jones III, obviously a prospect being, like I say, promoted by Matram, Matram USA. He flew across the border and took and, and took part in a fight here. 5-0 was his record going in. It was a split draw over six rounds against Kevin Mendoza, who who himself was undefeated 6-0. and um, But yeah, Ofer Jones... Yeah, a bit of a hiccup there, a draw against this guy who no one really knew. Hopefully we see a rematch, perhaps, even. Also on that card, we got to see another one of the Matram USA uh, prospects, Diego Pacheco. He's now 10-0, a TKO for him in two rounds against Juan Mendez, who's now 12-3 with two draws. Also on that card, Austin Amo Williams, 5-0. He came into this fight with that record. He's now 6-0, a TKO for him in five rounds against Asal Herrera who's now 19 and 12 with a draw. Um, Austin Williams took to the mic very quickly after the fight calling out the likes of, well I say the likes of, he was solely calling out one guy and that guy was Anthony Fowler. That's a fight a lot of people would love to see. Um, 
Moving on to the three world title fights on this card. Julio Cesar Martinez, the little the little beast, really, the little destroyer, obviously came over here um, and, and you know, had that fight against Charlie Edwards. He's now, of course, the WBC flyweight world champion. He got in there against Moises Calleros, who came in at short notice, and because of that, um, he he didn't make the weight. He came in about two weight classes above the the flyweight limit, and he was TKO'd in just two rounds by the little Mexican legend, the little Mexican beast, Julio Cesar Martinez. Now seventeen and one. On to the next one for him, um, Chocolatito Gonzalez. On this bill, of course, Roman Gonzalez. He's been in search of win number 50 for a little while. He'd have liked to have got there before losing twice back to back to. Um, to to wrong Versailles. But anyway, he he arrived here. Win number fifty. He's now fifty and two. A unanimous decision over twelve rounds against former Cal Yafai opponent Israel Gonzalez. Uh, Gonzalez now twenty five and four. That was a successful defense there of Chocolatito's WBA Super World Super Flyweight title that he won off Cal Yafai. And moving up to the main event, it was of course a rematch that took place about three or four years after the first encounter between the pair. Juan Francisco Estrada now forty one and three. A TKO in round 11 against Carlos Quadras. Quadras had big moments in the fight. Um, he actually had Estrada down in the third round, but he himself was down twice in, in round 11 where the TKO came. Quadras now 39-4 and four with a draw. Great fight there for the WBC super flyweight world title. Um, some people saying fight of the year. Um, do you know what? It's definitely on the on the top five or top ten list for sure. But for me, at the minute anyway, in what's been a crazy year, it has to be Baranchik Zapida from a few weeks ago. That was just fireworks. Anyway, moving out now to the Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut, USA. Um, one fight to mention on the undercard. Undefeated prospect under the Mayweather Promotions banner, Malik Hawkins. 18-0 and going into the fight. He took on a guy called Subriel Matias, who's 15-1 and going in. Um, Hawkins was down in the sixth round, and the, the, uh, the ring doctor stopped the fight in, uh, in the corner. So... Um, Malik Hawkins didn't come out for round seven. So a sixth round retirement there against Malik Hawkins, who, you know, was, was being, was being tipped really for big things. Um, there was, there was a lot of prospects he was supposed to have been matched with, including Keith Hunter, the, the younger brother of Michael Hunter. Um, but this guy here who beat him, Subriel Matias, very, very exciting fighter, 16 wins now, all 16 by KO. He does have one loss. I'd like to see him try and avenge that because the guy he lost to wasn't that great. And it was um, a very, very close one, you know, so I'd like to see him get some revenge. But Subriel Matias, a bit of a danger man, a bit of a guy that if you can avoid, definitely avoid him. And I think Hawkins found out the hard way there. The main event, though, Sergei Lipinets, former 140 world champion. He was getting in here with Custio Clayton, another guy that stepped in on late notice, undefeated Custio Clayton, 18-0. and This one was for the interim IBF world welterweight title. Um... I don't think there's many people that are huge fans of the interim belts, and I suppose the IBF got a little bit of karma here because the fight ended in um, a majority draw over 12 rounds, so the interim world title is vacant, and we like it 
to be that way. We don't need any extra confusing world champions. Lipanets is a great fighter, friend of the show, been on once before. Um, but yeah, it was it was a strange kind of fight. I mean, I expected him to, to win this fight. Like I say, Clayton came in on late notice. And um, Lipanets just started awfully, to be honest with you. Um, Clayton, you know, proved to me he's a fine, fine boxer. And he started the fight really well. The first, I want to say the mid part of the fight, um, Clayton was was dominating, to be honest. And then I think towards the end, Lipanets, with experience, it seemed to, with his experience, it seemed to kick in. And um, it was a very close one. Like I say, a majority draw over 12 rounds there. Um, so interesting stuff and a bit underwhelming, really, from uh, Lipanets. I, I don't think that's. that's you know, that's a bit of a confusing one, to be honest. He should have won that fight. Another confusing one took place on Monday of this week at the Karaokean Hall in Tokyo, Japan. Just one fight to mention. This is the final fight to mention of the review part. Um, Daigo Higa, former world champion. I think his record... Boy, oh boy. He's a, he's a big punter. I, I want to say he's probably won all 16 by knockout going in to that fight there. 16 wins, 16 by knockout, one loss to Christopher Rosales, who of course lost his belt to Charlie Edwards, and we know what happened from there. Um, he got in there with a guy called Seiya Sumi, who was actually undefeated himself, 5-0 and with a draw. It ended in a majority draw over 10 rounds. Um, so that's the first time there that Daigo Higa has had a fight go to the scorecards. And like I say, a majority draw, um, it's just kind of confusing what's really gone on with this guy, you know, he really struggled to make the weight, you know, at flyweight, and he, he ended up coming up, uh, coming into the fight overweight, that's, that's why he lost his belt, uh, he lost it on the scales, even though he got knocked out in that fight, he came back with a win, a knockout win, um, after two years out the ring, and then, that was eight months ago, he gets in the ring again here, and draws with this guy, who could be good, like I say, never heard of him until this week, and, uh, He's drew with a guy like Daigo Higa, so not quite sure where his career is heading at the minute. But anyway, that's it for the review part. Um, just before we wrap up part one, I'm gonna I'm gonna go straight into the news here, and um, I'm gonna start here with the first piece that MTK Global have signed former world champion Mexico's Miguel Vasquez, who of course we saw box Luis Ritson about was it about a week or two ago now, and um, a lot of people thought that Vasquez won that fight. Pretty much everyone thought Vasquez won that fight, and I'm pleased to see MTK Global kind of throw him a bone, I guess, because he's at the tail end of his career. Uh, excuse the, the the dog puns that I've accidentally reeled off there, but he's at the at the tail end, like I say, and they've done him a big favor there. Hopefully, he lands a big fight. Like I say, he's come over to the UK twice in recent times. He's won fights against O'Hara Davies and Lewis Ritson, but he hasn't been given the decision. So I'm, I'm pleased to see his luck. Um, change hopefully he gets a big fight like I say there has been the uh, the there was there was we mentioned it on last week's show Matchroom were going to be announcing a world title card to take place on the 4th of December that's been announced now it's going to be Billy Joe Saunders against Martin Murray um it's not a fight I'm looking forward to to be honest it was supposed to happen a few years back now when Saunders was was with Frank Warren obviously since then Martin Murray um you know has gone on to, to lose to Hassan and Dam, then he retired, then he came back to the ring, and here he is, 
against Billy Joe Saunders. The the one thing about Martin Murray, if nothing else, is he's very, very, very tough. So I don't see him getting stopped by Billy Joe Saunders, who's not really a big enough puncher or active enough as well in most of his fights. So um, I think it goes the distance, unfortunately. And I don't think Saunders makes a big enough statement where people are licking their lips to see his next fight. So it's a strange, strange fight. And like I say... Um, I'm not overly looking forward to it. I I hate to be negative, but that's just how I feel. Um, The final piece of news that we have, if there is any more that that emerges during the recording of the show, I will get uh, get to reading that at the very end. The final piece of news, though, is that Terence Crawford against Kel Brook, the welterweight uh, WBO world title fight, obviously, which is taking place... um, When is it? I think it's... uh, Gosh, I've actually forgotten now. November 14th, I believe it is. Saturday, November 14th. That one's going to be shown um, on UK TV. It's going to be on Premier Sports 1, which is a subscription-based channel. I think it's about £12 a month, something like that. But if you subscribe, you get the entire month. And, of course, you get this fight here, which, you know, is at... Well, it's uh, it's in the early hours of the morning, so... Yeah, that's where you can watch that um, if you want to watch it on TV. But anyway, that's it, though, for the review part and the news part. The final thing to do just before we wrap up part one is to welcome our sole guest on this week's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former WBO Super Bantamweight World Champion, the softly spoken but hard-hitting, the Royal Storm himself. It is, of course, Mr. Isaac Dogbay. Isaac, welcome back on the show, my man. Thank you, sir. That introduction, I love that introduction, man. Hey, I could have kept going. I could have kept going. <laughs> so listen, Isaac, we, we last spoke back in... Um... Say again, sir. I said, stop spoking the hard hitting. I... There you go. You've got to tell the ring announcers this as well. <laughs> So, so Isaac, we last spoke back in December of, of 2018, actually. It's been quite a while. Um, it was just before that first Navarrete fight. Obviously, you, you had those two back-to-back fights with Navarrete in the end. You were extremely, extremely brave in both fights. I know it's a long way in the past now, but are you able to look back on those two fights with any kind of positivity? I know you're a positive guy. Of course, man. I mean, listen, um, with me, I've always approached everything as, you know, as long as we still have life, yeah, we wake up each and every day, you know, and uh, there's a new day for us. We all, all, all I can do is say thank you, Lord. You know, I always give praise to God, and I thank God, you know, for that experience. Um, I mean, if you are, if you're undefeated, sometimes you get to a point you feel like, man, listen, you're untouchable. But listen, now it's giving me a new perspective, you know, on life and on in boxing and everything. Um, I mean, you cannot take anything from 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 the man. Um, he 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 fought well. Um, he was a better man in those fights. Uh, he beat me fair and square, and that's something I had to accept. I mean, everybody has their everyone has their time, and um, there was a lo- there was a lot to learn from that fight, and a lot of um, you know decisions I've had to make from that fight, and everything that transpired afterwards you know so it's all it's all positive for me man 
Now, I'm glad to hear you say that. And since then, you've made that decision to move up to featherweight. Not everyone felt it was the best idea, because I think it's fair to say you're not the tallest guy in the world, but you know better, better than anyone how difficult it was to perhaps make the weight. Um, what, what made you move up, Isaac? And do you feel like it's, it, you know, it was a good decision to do that? Well, you know, it's so premature. Um, I mean, um, at the time, I felt it was the best thing I needed, I needed to do. Um, because in the way I was making the weight, you know, um, and everything that, you know, I was going through making the weight, it was just, it was just too much, you know, it was the sort of thing where, like, it wouldn't make you enjoy boxing, you know, given the way I was making the weight, you know, and, um, I really struggled in those two fights, making the weight, and, um, I mean... Um, afterwards, after careful considerations and everything, you know, looking back and everything, I just thought to myself that, hey, look, maybe that's the best decision that I have to, I have to take and I just have to move up weight. But right now, um, make 126, my last fight, I made it so easy, you know. And, um, I mean, with a careful um, guidance from my coaches, my new team and everything, I was, you know, I felt comfortable and you know, even given given the fact that we're we're quarantined in the in a bubble, you know, so it was great. Uh, I so I so felt comfortable making the way and and all. But um, the next fight, now this is a bombshell. Many people don't know about it, but um, I mean, I think I'm gonna. They are looking to dropping me. I'm now working with a nutritionist, a nutrition team, you know, and um, so. They are still considering, you know, what weight best I'm gonna I'm gonna function best. So now we just get kind of like just going through the motion, you know, trying to learn new things, you know. So um, I feel great and I'm excited about it. You know, I'm excited about the next step. I'm excited about working with these nutritionists. I'm excited about you know working with my new team and everything. How everything is going well. Everything is going going on extremely well. So um, I'm just. I'm in a happy place right now. And Isaac, you mentioned there about your new team. Obviously, you know, you and your father, it was very close-knit. He was training you up until last year. You've you've parted ways, and you're now training under Barry Hunter. Um, was that a difficult decision that, you know, to come to? Was it mutual? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, you know, <coughs> I think my, uh, my father has, uh, has, has, has nurtured me. Up until this, 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 um, up until right, up, up until now, um, I've learned a lot under him, and um, you know, we both felt that you know what, um, well, I, I felt that you know what. Now I know, I know how to plant my feet. You know, I'm I'm grown enough to make certain decisions and you know, um, take my life in a certain direction, and um, you know, so I felt this was the best thing. Um, you know, just to bring another people on board and let's see how things go. I mean, my father has done a great job with me, bringing me where I, where, where I was, you know, um, winning a world title. Not many people can, you know, can, can say they've won a world title or taking, taking a child who never knew how to box, you know, from the amateurs, you know, through to the Olympics to world title, you know. So I've had, um, yeah, I've learned a lot from my father. And um, I mean, it's uh, it's 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 
you know, everything with me, the way I see things, we always, we are always learning, you know, it's, oh, I'm always learning. So, you know, it's, uh, it was, uh, it was a mutual agreement. And just very, very briefly, I want to touch on your last fight, obviously, uh, your first fight kind of, I know that you boxed before at featherweight for for a while, but your 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 kind of first fight after you know after the big fights, you took on Chris Avalos at the back end of July. Like I say, just very briefly, how did you kind of sum up your performance there? Obviously, you got the stoppage in in the end. I mean, within myself, I was really relaxed. You know, I was really relaxed in that fight. Um, I came in a fight, and uh, I mean, there was a lot. Well, there was a lot going on at the time. But, I mean, this is where teamwork comes in. This is where you need um, a team to be like, you know what? Just relax. Calm down. You know, whatever has happened in the past, it's in the past. Let's focus on the, fe- let's, let, let's focus on the future. And, um, I mean, um, Barry did a great, great, I mean, the whole team, not just Barry, but my whole team did a great job keeping me in shape. Um, my teammates, you know, we push, we push one another, and once I was in the ring, I just I felt comfortable in there, you know. So gradually, you know, I was as the fight was progressing, as the rounds was progressing, I just kept on feeling more and more comfortable in there. Okay, and moving on to your next fight, it's been announced uh, December the fifth. Uh, the Tyson Fury undercard is it's looking like it's going to be in London. It's obviously very, very early on at the minute, so details are still kind of being finalised, but your fight uh, is on, it would seem, against Michael Conlon. Um, what are your thoughts on Michael Conlon as a fighter, Isaac? Not everyone seems to be convinced he's as good as what he was in the amateurs, but what's your take on him? I don't think Michael Conlon likes me very much. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, listen, um, he's had a tremendous career in in, in amateurs. Um, I mean, he's a talented fighter. But hey, listen, this is a pro, this is a pro, this is a professional fight, this is a pro, um, professional ranks right now. Um, some of us have had to go through certain hardships. I, I mean, people may see it that way, um, may not see him as a, as a kind of fighter that. He's got all the hype, but look, at some point, everybody was um, was kind of like that way, you know. You cannot, you can't take anything from him. You know, he's done what he's done, what what he's supposed to do to this point, you know. And um, he feels he's he feels he's stepping up. I mean, he's talking a lot. I don't know what I've said, but he's he's saying that I like to talk a lot, and he's looking forward to shutting me up. So um, let's let, let's wait and see. You know, I have a good feeling about this fight. My head is my head is in a good space. Um, I mean, listen, it's a different level. I mean, um, like I said, man, he's he's a good fighter. He's a good talent, and um, I, I really can't wait to um, you know, to take the win, number fifth. Yeah, I, I didn't know that he didn't like you. I haven't really read too much into it, but that's like probably the only person in the entire world that doesn't like you. you, you you're a likable guy, Isaac. Um, anyway, I remember I remember him kind of being compared side by side with Shakur Stevenson when they both turned pro. And obviously, Shakur, you look at him now and you look at Conlon, they seem to both be at kind of different ends of the spectrum, really. But anyway, um, if you get this win that you're you're predicting on getting, that you're hoping to get come December 5th... You mean when I, when I get this win on December 5th again, right? <laughs> Hey, 
You never know what happens in boxing, Isaac. You never know. <laughs> but yeah, you never know. So, so you just have to address it as when. When. Not if. All right. I call it. I say when. This this is like the most trash talking you've ever done. <laughs> but yeah, when you win, come December fifth. When you believe it, when you believe it wholeheartedly, you know. Okay. Okay. But that's the way. I... Okay. I like yeah, that. So... I like that. Come December 5th, when you get the win, Isaac, you'll be ending 2020 in a good position. Um, what, what, what will the plan be for 2021? That, that'll be quite an important year, I'm guessing. Of course. Um, like I said, man, look, we are back on the road, you know? We're back on the road, um, stepping up in the new, in, to new territories, you know, climbing up new, new ladders and... Uh, you know, moving up the ranks once again. Um, I'm on a I'm on a quest to becoming a two time and two time world champion. And um, 2021, when I take Michael Conlon out, you know, um, December 5th, 2021 is gonna be a great year. And um, right now, like I said, I'm I've got a big smile in my face when this fight was announced. Um, I was excited about it, you know. So and I just thought, you know what, it's the right time for this fight. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it, you know. So 2021, 2021, 2022, you can expect as to become a two-time world champion. And you say there, Isaac, that you're going to take him out. I don't think you're talking about taking him out for some dinner. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's a knockout you're predicting. Look, man, this is it. After the fight, we can go for dinner. I don't <laughs> mind, man, look. I, I don't. I don't see. I don't take any fight as a, as as a, as, a, as an enemy. You know, obviously when we are in the ring, everybody wants to win. But I. I don't. You know, it's not. It's not me to wish evil for anybody. But hey, in the ring, I want to knock you out. You also want to. You also want to knock me out. And there's something that um, my cousin said. Just what she said. Look, he said, in the ring, you have to get him before he gets you. You know, so. It's just that's just the mentality. Um, I mean, December December fifth, I'm looking to take the win. You know, yeah, against Michael Connor. Um, by God's grace, um, when everything goes well, 2021 is going to be a good year. And my final real question for you, Isaac, there's a big fight that's taking place this weekend involving two guys that you may have your eye on, I don't know. Um, Leo Santa Cruz and Javante Davis, how do you see that one unfolding? Look, these two guys are, you know, great fighters. I'm not going to, you can't take anything away from, from them. I, I, I had the opportunity firing Leo Santa Cruz and, um, you know, but hey, listen, we are, for me, it's a 50 50 fight. They are both up there, you know. They are both great fighters. Like I said, you can't take nothing away from either of them. Um, you know, obviously, Tank, he's a younger man. You know, he's, he's like the powerhouse. But hey, it's boxing, man. Like you said yourself, it's boxing. Anything can happen. Yeah, we hope it will you know, be. Anything can happen. We hope it will be a good fight. Yeah. We hope it will be a good fight be an excellent fight yeah because these action fighters you know yeah yeah looking forward to it and just finally Isaac if you've got any I, I like to always ask you this question I, I ask this question to everyone really it's not really a question I like to say if you've got any words of wisdom 
you know, just take it away, leave the listeners with a nice message. But when I ask this to certain people, I don't always expect the best response. When I ask it to you, I know you're going to give me some golden stuff. What is the listener's final message from you, uh, Isaac, going forward? Some positivity. Let's end it on that. Well, you know, all I, one thing I always say is that when you wake up, you give thanks to God. You know, especially the way things are going right now. There's so many uncertainties, but listen, you cannot really dwell on the on the negative things, man. You always have to um, wake up feeling positive, wake up and ready to go, man. So whatever people are doing, just um, enjoy yourself, have fun, you know. I know everything is. Sometimes we think that things have to be so serious, but man, when you are when you're having fun, enjoying whatever you're doing, it makes life so easy and easy going and comfortable man so um just enjoy yourself man and have fun there you go you know wise words from the champ i love hearing you sign out with a nice message like that isaac we should get some of these these quotes printed on t-shirts one day that's what i say (laughs) that's what i say but listen Isaac, it's always a pleasure catching up with you my friend thanks for your time best of luck come december 5th and we'll catch up sometime after my man all right, all right, cheers. God bless. Thank you, man. All done. You didn't give me a nay ho, but all all done. <laughs> it's the neho is coming. Yeah, December fifth. Yeah, hey, I'm not. I'm not even sure if if people are if they're gonna be spectators here, yeah, but hope so. We're coming back again. Yeah. Like I said, look, it's what it is, man. It's a God has given us a never failing excellence. Yeah, that through hope we shall we shall overcome. Anything and everything. No! Hey, listen. No! Listen. This is my fist, man. Everyone should, uh, should um, you know, to keep, keep supporting. And, um, and one thing I have to say, it's a big thank you to the Twitter matchmakers, yeah? Because they make the world go around. <laughs> <laughs> we have to, we have to, um, we have to also, you know, um, Upload a Twitter, um, Twitter um, matchmakers, man. Okay. <laughs> okay, Isaac. All done, my man. God bless. You too, sir. Have a pleasant You night. too, brother. Speak soon, man. Speak soon. Keep in contact now. Take care. Would you? Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, is the preview part. Um, I'm going to start here with the well, with a fight that's taking place tomorrow night, Friday the 30th of October 2020 at the Fantasy Springs Casino in Indio, California, USA. I'm going to start with the undercard. Very good fight between Marlon Esparza, who is 7-1. That is the former... Um, when I, when I say former, usually it means I'm going to say former champion. No, I'm going to say former, I believe, girlfriend of... Nicola Adams, of course, um, Marlon Esparza, Marlon Esparza left Nicola Adams for a guy, and um, the rest is history. But anyway, the boxing, it's, it's an eight two-minute round contest against Mexico's Sulem Urbina, who's 12-0, and and Esparza herself is 7-1. and That's a really good women's fight on the undercard. Um, getting on to the, to the other fights on the bill... Um, we have Elwin Soto, 17-1. and He's in a WBO World Light Flyweight title fight against Carlos Butrago, who is 32-5 and with a draw. And the main event, Jaime Munguia, 35-0, obviously former um, 154 world champion. He 
he has a fight here for the vacant WBO Intercontinental middleweight title. Obviously, since moving up to middleweight, things have been quite slow for him. Um, I'm guessing the pandemic has somewhat or something to do with that. Um, anyway, 35 and 0 Mungia takes on Turiano Johnson, 21 and 2 with a draw. He's had a very kind of up and down career in recent times, Turiano Johnson, because. He was on a bit of a run. I mean, he got knocked out by Curtis Stevens in 2014, but since then he was on quite a run. Then he ran into Sergei Derevyanchenko, who we know is world class, and he got knocked out in the 12th and final round in that one. But since then, he drew with Fernando Castaneda, a guy he was supposed to blow away, really, a guy that was blown away by Frank Buglioni, blown away by Jose Aberton. And the list goes on, um, you know, and, and that ended in a split draw over eight rounds, which was a shocker. And then in his very last fight, he was able to upset the undefeated Jason Quigley. So he's had in his last three fights a win, a loss and a draw. So he pretty much is all over the place. But it could be a fun fight, to be honest, there against Mungia. Anyway, moving out now to Russia at the WOW Arena. This is well, that's a brilliant venue, because that's what I'm going to say about the main event here. Wow, is all I can say. Murat Gassiev, 26-1, undoubtedly one of the very best cruiserweights in the world when he was boxing down at that weight. Now he's up at heavyweight. We've had to wait a long, long time for it. It's been over two years. It's been two years and three months. Um, and he gets in against Nuri Seferi. Now... That name may ring a bell because you remember his his uh, his surname because his brother Sefer Seferi boxed Tyson Fury. Now, believe it or not, Murat Gassiev tried to box Sefer Seferi, but unfortunately, after the contracts were agreed, Sefer Seferi fouled a coronavirus test. So, what did they do? They rang his brother Nuri Seferi. And he steps in. Nuri Seferi has a sensational looking record on paper. 41 wins, 9 losses. But he is absolutely terrible. And I don't like to be too negative. But he is not even the best fighter in his family. So I don't see him troubling uh, Gassiev at all, unless, of course, Gassiev is very, very rusty, because it's been a long, long time. I know he was going to come back with a, you know, with an easy touch after being out the ring for so long, but this is, this is a real easy touch. It's, it's actually going under the radar, and for good reason. Um, no one should watch that fight. <laughs> anyway, moving out now to the Wembley Arena. Um, Matram, like they said, are kind of taking over the arena for four events over the coming weeks. This is the first of the four events at the Wembley Arena. It's on pay-per-view. Um, I am, I've kind of been fighting with myself all week, Mariam, on whether I should order this on pay-per-view. I hate to watch a stream that cuts out halfway through, and oh, I, I haven't got time for that. So I usually buy pay-per-views, but this one here, I have to say, the main event, is usually what attracts me to buy the pay-per-view. This main event mm -hmm. is not pay-per-view worthy, but I may be stupid and just give in and end up buying it anyway. Are you going to be buying it? That's my question. 100%. Okay. 100%. Yeah. I've had too many bad experiences with laggy streams, so I've completely given up on them. And I'm excited for this card. I'm genuinely excited for this card. Well, let's start with the undercard. You've got Cash Farouk in... 
I think it's probably his first fight with Matchroom. I'm not sure. Maybe it's his second. Anyway, he's 13-1. and one. No opponent just yet. That's over eight rounds there. We've also got the, the white rhino, Dave Allen. 18-5 and five with two draws. He was supposed to be taking on Christian Hammer, who, of course, we know for boxing Tyson Fury. We know for boxing Luis Ortiz and Povetkin. Um, but, yeah, he failed a coronavirus test. So, in steps Christopher Lovejoy, who... Wow, I mean, if we're talking about good records, this guy has the perfect record. 19-0 and 0 with 19 knockouts. Um, let me just let people know, I'm not sure on the odds on that fight, but I hear from a reliable source that Lovejoy is not that good. And, and um, apparently Dave Allen should be able to walk through this guy. So uh, that's my tip to you. Anyway... We've also got Amy Timlin on the card, 4-0. and um, She fights for the vacant Commonwealth female super bantamweight title against Carly Skelly. Um, another women's, uh, well, this is a women's world title fight. Savannah Marshall, 8-0 and in a 10-2-minute uh, t- round contest against Hannah Rankin, who's 9-4. and That one's for the vacant WBO world female middleweight title. Obviously, it was supposed to take place two weeks ago on that Ritson card. And... Um, Savannah's trainer, Peter Fury, tested positive for coronavirus. It seems like everyone's testing positive for coronavirus um, on this podcast. I mentioned lots and lots of failed tests here. And um, yeah, the fight got pushed back only two weeks, which is um, very good, actually. You know, it's a very quick turnaround. It's obviously delayed things, which is never good. But to only delay it by two weeks, the fight is still happening in that month of October. So credit to everyone involved. Um, in getting that on so quickly. Um, also on the card, Tommy McCarthy, 16-2, and two, steps up for the vacant EBU European Cruiserweight title against Bilal Lagoon, who's 25-1 and one with two draws. Um, I actually haven't heard of this guy, so I'm just going to um, have a little look at Lagoon. Obviously, I know about Tommy McCarthy, but Lagoon, his one loss came to... Um, Dudu Ngumbu, I'm sure he fought for a world title. Um, yeah, he boxed Alexander Gavozdik for for the world title. Um, okay, and he lost that fight by split over 12 rounds, so he actually might be quite good. He's got a draw with Dimitro Kutcher, who I remember um, knocking out um, Enzo Macronelli at York Hall. Um, okay, so that could be quite interesting there, actually. That might be a juicy one on that undercard. The undercard is pretty good. It's just the main event that I'm a bit upset with. Um, the final fight of the of the undercard, Lee Selby, former IBF featherweight world champion, 28-2, and takes on the young and hungry, undefeated, um, 18-0, and George Cambosos Jr. Over 12 rounds, this one here. I'm guessing it must be some kind of eliminator for a world title. Um... Yeah, I actually think the winner is in line to box Tiafimo Lopez. That's right, actually. The winner is the first mandatory that will get called for Tiafimo Lopez. So you almost don't want to win this fight. <laughs> but um, Lee Selby, obviously, you know, friend of the show. So is George Cambosos Jr. Um, 
I, I guess, Merriam, you probably don't know too much about George Cambosos, which is fine, but I will tell you this. He's done around about 250 rounds sparring with Manny Pacquiao, and you can't quite... Wow. Yeah, you can't, you can't quite get better preparation than that. Um, very good fighter. I think he's coming off a win over Mickey Bay, I want to say, in December of last year. That's off the top of my head. And um, obviously, Bay being a former world champion, I think Cambosos dropped him. It was a close fight, but... He looks really good. He's one of those guys, you look at him on the pads and you're blown away. He looks so good on the pads. Then again, Lee Selby's quite a good quite a good uh, fighter on the pads. But anyway, it's not it's not being fought on the pads, of course. Um, that's, I'm really, really looking forward to that one. That's going to be a great fight. And the main event, I'm going to pause myself for a second and throw this one over to you, Mariam. Alexander Usyk, 17-0, gets in there against Derek Chisora, who seems somewhat up for this fight, to be honest with you, because, you know, in, in times in the past, Chisora, when he isn't motivated for a fight, he looks like a shell of himself, um, and he does seem to be up for this one. So that's encouraging, however, it still might not be enough. Um, 12 rounds, Derek Chisora, 32-9. and nine. Mariam, talk to me about this one. So I'm quite surprised that you're not looking forward to it, to be honest. I mean, I'm a big, big fan of Usyk, and I think this is the perfect heavyweight test. I know a lot of people have their reservations about Chisora, you know, saying he's past it, he's a has-been. Um, I don't agree. I mean, I think it's going to turn out to be a really, really good fight. Chisora is the type of guy, he's the type of fighter that can definitely bring a fight, even when he hasn't, even when he's been in fights where he hasn't had that much training, of course, with this one, it's been in the works for almost, must have been at least eight or nine months, I know it was initially spoken about back in March, so he'll come into this with an amazing training camp, I'm sure, just like David Hayes been saying in the media, and I think it just, it's just going to set the fight up for what's going to be a smashing event. I mean, I have no doubt whatsoever that Usyk is going to win. And I'm going through this sort of mental battle of whether it's going to be a TKO maybe in the seventh or eighth round after Usyk wears Chisora down or whether it's going to be a decision. Um, because I know Usyk, I mean, just if you look at his record sort of on paper, he doesn't necessarily have that one punch power that a lot of the other heavyweights do. So I'm kind of veering towards a unanimous decision. Um, at the very least, but I mean, I would, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't debate with anyone who said that he's likely to get a TKO sort of in the seventh or eighth round. Um, stylistically, I think it's a really good fight as well, actually, because Usyk has got quite an interesting start. He's very active. He's very accurate. And as a southpaw, I think he'll actually pose some really interesting challenges for Chisora. And I know Don Charles has come out, Don Charles, um, Chisora's former trainer has come out and said that, uh, Chisora has in the past dealt with southpaws really well and he's knocked out most of them but I don't think it'll be that easy for him with Usyk I mean Usyk is just he's just incredible sure he doesn't have the one punch power that Chisora is probably used to at heavyweight but he is very active he is very good at boxing on the outside too and Chisora is the kind of guy that comes forward and so I mean I'm just envisioning it already and I think it will be an interesting matchup to see how those two styles gel together what do you think? I think it's an interesting one. I remember when it was first being spoke of, because remember, we've had to kind of um, deal with mm-hmm. a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, postponement, you know, it was originally yeah. set to take place earlier on in the year. I remember Adam Booth coming out at a time and saying that it's going to be interesting because uh, Chisora will show Usyk things he probably hasn't seen before. And mm-hmm. I agree with that to a certain extent. 
But, I mean, I just think stylistically he is all wrong for, for Chisora because Chisora has really slow feet, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I think if you can move, um, that's pretty much Chisora's worst nightmare. It's It's a strange mm-hmm. one because... I don't really, I still don't really know after all these years and all these fights I've seen of Derek's, I'm still kind of unsure of what he wants his opponents mm-hmm. to do because he's not like a one punch knockout artist. So he doesn't, he doesn't always come off best when, when someone's right in front of him trading with him. But then mm-hmm. if you box with him, that's his nightmare. So I'm not quite sure what he wants, but he's just an all round tough guy. And I think, yeah. um, you know, we saw when he boxed Carlos Takam. That's the fight that springs to mind. Um, mm-hmm. He almost let Takam get tired of beating him up. And then he came off the ropes and um, somewhat kind of um, roper doped him and knocked him out, you know. So Chisora's mm-hmm. a tough guy. He'll be there for 12 rounds if his body can sustain it. I think he is in great shape. But I think Chis- um Chisora. I think Usyk is just too accurate, too active, mm. and he's going to just be jabbing him in the face a hell of a lot. Um, I can see a wide points win, a very wide points win for Usyk, or even a late stoppage. If mm-hmm. if Don Charles was in the corner, I could definitely see him throwing the towel in a little bit kind of Fury 2-esque, because when Fury mm-hmm. turned to Southport in that fight there... I mean, I know it's, you know, you can't really compare a, a six foot nine Tyson Fury to a six three Usyk, but <laughs> it's interesting that Don Charles says that he doesn't struggle with Southpaws because I'm trying to think of which Southpaw has he beaten. And, um, you know, it kind of begs the uh, question. Chisora? Yeah, which Southpaw has he beaten? He beat, he beat Spilka. That's Arthur a good Spilka. one. That's a good one, yeah. Um, that was, I think that was last year, and then he, and then he beat David Price, but David Price isn't Southpaw. Yeah. Um, but Spilka, Spilka's a good fighter. Yeah, Spilka, that was a great win at the time. I remember it was almost mm. as if, um, I mean, Spilka's been caught cold. I don't want to make excuses for him, but he kind of has mm. been caught cold a couple of times. Obviously, he kind of dines out on the loss to to Wilder, in which he was doing really mm. well, arguably winning the fight, but he got kind of caught cold a little bit by Adam Kalnaki and that was the fight that mm-hmm. sprung Kalnaki to the kind of forefront in the heavyweight division then of course he um you know he lost to Chisora and that was just a shock because it was one of the most brutal knockouts of last year but um mm. yeah I don't know man Chisora's just a bit like I'm not one of those people that thinks he's oh he's getting better with age he's so much better yeah. I don't think <laughs> people people are you know getting a bit too carried away with that he's taking more and more punishment um, I agree. And, you know, if I he agree. loses here, this is his 10th loss, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know, I mean, he's obviously working with David Hay now, and David Hay's coming out and basically saying all of that, that he's getting better with age. He's never had a better training camp than he has this time. I don't necessarily believe it. I think he after, I mean, when this fight does happen, he'll have been inactive for quite a while, which is the same for Usyk. But then again, Chisora is a few years older. He's a bit more haggard and beat up than, than Usyk has been. Um, and so those are the kind of factors that make me think we might see a late stoppage. I think the more rational part of my brain is going with what you said too, which is a decision win for Usyk. Um, but Chisora is a tough guy. Like he He can absorb a lot. He can absorb a lot, and at the same time, Usyk isn't the heaviest puncher. So I think, yeah, it could it could potentially go the distance. 
I, I yeah, I think it does go the distance. I I, I want to bring this guy's name up for one reason. I don't know if you ever saw this fight, but it was on a Monte Carlo show. Do you ever ever remember um, Chisora boxing Ajit Kabayel? Yes, yes, okay. uh, the German. Yes, is he German? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. is you know I didn't know a thing about him before that fight. He got in there obviously as a European champion. I still didn't know anything about him. Watched him box mm. Chisora. I mean, we can blame it on not being motivated or whatever, but Chisora boxed a mover, and all that mm-hmm. Caballero did that night was just through basic one-twos and just pretty much circled around him, you know, didn't didn't exchange, didn't sit in the pocket, didn't get caught on the ropes. He just moved, 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 and Chisora couldn't do anything with him. And um, mm-hmm. I, I, I have to point out that Caballero is the exact same height as Usyk, and I think Usyk has got mm-hmm. even more tools in his arsenal. Um, and I just think it's going to be, it's, it's, yeah, I don't, uh, Chisora can't, uh, the, the, yeah, Chisora's not winning this fight. That's that's why, it, in my head, it's so one-sided. I can see Chisora, uh, uh, sorry, Usyk winning absolutely every round. That's what really is telling me, don't buy this pay-per-view because the main event <laughs> is not all that. That's just you my know- opinion. I, I I agree with you, but I think the most exciting part about it is not who's going to win. I think we all know what's going to happen. Um, but it's what are we going to see about Usyk? I mean, this is going to be his second fight at heavyweight. Um, people are going to be questioning, can Usyk fight the top 10 at heavyweight? Obviously, Chisora isn't there, according to the ring rankings at least. Chisora isn't top 10, obviously. And I think this fight will show whether or not Usyk is you know, in with a chance at the likes of the top 10 or even the top five heavyweights. Because on paper right now, I think a lot of people, um, even some of U6 fans like myself, would say maybe he's not quite ready to step into those ranks yet. Um, And this fight will demonstrate all of that. I mean, we're talking about Chisora, who can absorb quite heavy shots. Um, You know, he's been in there with arguably the best of the best um during his career so i think that's the most exciting part for me seeing how Usyk adapts to that i don't think the witherspoon fight is enough of a a demonstration of Usyk's talents at heavyweight yeah i agree 100 percent. i agree with that 100 percent. i hope that chisora is able to um you know put the pressure on Usyk and see how he copes with it but like i say in in my wildest dreams i can't see chisora pulling it off unfortunately um, but you know, yeah. sorry, I do. I have to butt in because I saw that Eddie Hearn was trying to compare this situation, um, this matchup to Povetkin and White, um, basically saying that Chisora is now in the position that Povetkin was just um, a few weeks ago. And I found myself reading his comments and sort of letting out a laugh because I don't see, I don't see that comparison. I think, I think conceptually i get what he's getting at you know pervet Chisora have both been around for a while they both have losses on their record you know Povetkin was able to come back get an amazing an amazing win over white um therefore implying that Chisora could do the same thing um and i did i wanted to get your thoughts i mean do you see that comparison do you see how that analogy could potentially mean that Chisora has a chance 
I mean, I can see the comparison if he's talking about positionally in terms of like Usyk is in line to to be mandatory for Anthony Joshua and, you know, um, Chisora is a guy who, if he were to spring the upset, would kind of snatch his position. But other than that, style-wise or fight-wise or how many losses he's got, which position he's in, Mm -hmm. which part of the career he's in, um, no, not really. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know... Povetkin, I mean, aside from the fact that they're probably both at the tail end of their career, I mean, Povetkin yeah. obviously a bit older, but um, Chisora, you know, I don't know, they're, they're not, at the same time, they're trying to say this is the best Chisora we've ever seen, so I don't really know. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, um, you know, we shall see. It'll be interesting. But moving on from yeah. that, moving out now to the bubble in the MGM Grand Las Vegas, the, the bubble that keeps on giving. Um yeah, let's start with the undercard. We get to see Eva Brodnicka, 19-0. and 0. She fights for the WBO, or she puts her WBO World Female Super Featherweight title on the line against the undefeated Michaela Meyer, who's 13-0, and 0, who um, I like kind of following her tweets because she sometimes gets on to Terry Harper and it's quite a fun back and forth from an outsider's perspective. The main event, though, the monster, Naoya Inoue, 19-0, and 0, fighting here against the, the, the Australian Jason Maloney, 21-1, of course, one half of the Maloney twins. This one's for Inoue's WBA and IBF world bantamweight titles. Um, very good fight. Obviously, Maloney's one loss was very close to Emmanuel Rodriguez. Um, Inoue blew Emmanuel Rodriguez away in about a round or two, whatever it was. But um, styles make fights, you know. Uh, Inoue is, you know, he's shown to us in, it was either his last fight or the one before that, one of the best fights I've seen in years and years with him and Nanito Donaire. And he showed that he isn't a monster. He is he is human after all. Um, that's an old song, that, by Level 42. But anyway, um, Jason Maloney, yeah. Good, good, um, good fighter. Perhaps he can, you know, provide somewhat of a test. But yeah, you'd have to favor, you'd have to favor the uh, the Japanese fighter in that one. And the final card to to mention, it takes place at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas, USA. Um, on the undercard, I'm going to start here with friend of the show Regis Progre, 24 and one, looking to get back in to a big fight at 140. He takes on Juan Heraldez, who is 16-0 with a draw, an undefeated Mayweather Promotions fighter. That one's over 10 rounds there. Um, Mikel Rivera, 10 uh, 18-0. He's in a 10-rounder against Ladarius Miller, who's 21-1. Ladarius Miller, that's the guy that beat Jamel Herring, I believe. Um, so that's that's a good fight there. I like that one. Also on the card, Diego Magdaleno, 32-3 and three in a 12-rounder against Isaac Gonzalez, who's 19-1 and one with a draw. Friend of the show, Mario Barrios, 25-0, and 0, defends his WBA World Super Lightweight title against Ryan Carl over 12 rounds. Like I say, Ryan Carl, 18-2. and two. Um, Mario Barrios, I've said it many, many times, one of my absolute favorite fighters, very good guy. Um, and the main event, I guess by the end of the show, we will confirm um, there's a little bit of news with it. I know that this fight's going to be um, going to be able to get viewed by UK boxing fans, but I'm not quite sure on which channel it's going to be on or which app it's going to be on just yet. I'm not sure if it's been announced um, but Floyd Mayweather tweeted earlier saying that there's big news soon 
and uh, it's for UK fans. We're going to get to see the fight somehow, but as of yet, it's not been announced. But anyway, the main event, Javante Davis, 23-0. and 0, He fights Leo Santa Cruz, 37-1 and 1 with a draw. It's, it's a strange one because it's taking place at 1.30. However, it's for the... Uh, for, for Leo Santa Cruz, 130 WBA world title, and for Javante Davis, WBA world title. So, um, two weight class belts on the line doesn't make much sense, but it's a great fight. Javante Davis didn't look the greatest last time out. It's got to be said when he took on Yuri Orkis Gamboa, and Gamboa fractured his his foot or whatever happened to him early on in the fight, and he managed to to still be there in round twelve, despite actually getting knocked out in that twelfth and final round. But he didn't really look that great, Javante Davis. To be fair to him, that fight was up at lightweight. It was the first fight he's had up at lightweight. I don't think he should be up in weights like that. He's a bit too small for that. But Leo Santa Cruz, very good fighter, obviously still has that one loss to Carl Frampton, um, throws punches in bunches as we know, and hasn't really showed a bad chin or anything like that. I don't think you need a bad chin in particular when Javante's throwing shots at you because he seems to have dynamite in both fists. Um, but it's a really, really good fight. I've been looking forward to it for a long, long time. At one stage, it looked like we weren't going to see it. I'm pleased that it's now happening and um, it's, it's here. It's, it's arrived quite quickly. Um, what's your thoughts on that one, Mariam? I know we didn't really speak about it prior to doing this podcast, but obviously I'm sure you know both guys really well. It's a great, great fight. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think I'll be very pumped up that night anyway um, after Usyk wins, so I'm looking forward to it. Okay, well, there you have it. We've done the review part. We did the news. That's the preview part. We brought in the sole guest on this week's podcast. The final thing to do is to say goodbye to Mariam. Mariam, I just want to say thank you so much for taking part in this week's show. Again, it's been two and a half years, like we said. And, um, yeah, it's great to have you back. And hopefully, this is from myself, hopefully we have you back on again soon. And I'm sure the listeners will agree with me as well. You've been great. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, my pleasure. There we have it. That is the end of the show. Just before I wrap everything up, I'm going to come in with the outro in just a few seconds. Okay, and this wraps up episode 263 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Mariam has been with me for the duration of the show. A massive thank you to our sole guest on this week's podcast, the former WBO Super Bantamweight World Champion, Mr. Isaac Dogbay. There's no further news that's been announced at this point. Still currently no UK broadcaster for the Javante Davies versus Leo Santa Cruz fight. So I guess that's about everything from myself. It's short and sweet this outro thank you all for listening to this week's podcast tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend enjoy your weekends people and we shall see you all again next week